Okay. So, today we'll be looking at Batman number 19, the October-November issue published in August of 1943. And we're looking at the second comic within that issue. And before we start, this is another propaganda comic. It will be dealing exclusively with World War II. So, if you don't want to hear about that, skip it. On the cover, we have a Nazi U-boat. See, I told you it was about World War II. Batman and Robin are standing on the top of the submarine fighting Nazis. Robin has just punched two into the water. And Batman is swooping from above to tackle one off the highest point of the submarine. As for the last two, well, one of them is being punched by Robin and the other is running away in fear with ah next to him. And this comic is called Atlantis Goes to War. I don't know much about Aquaman, but I know he comes from Atlantis. So I think we're going to be totally ruining bits of his canon in this comic. So the story starts out inside a German U-boat, where the captain has just spotted an American sub. He tells his officers to fire a torpedo at it, and they do, and the sub sinks, because it was hit by a torpedo. But before they sink all the way, they manage to call the U.S. Coast Guard and ask for help. The guy on the radio is all, the lifeboats are smashed. This looks like the finish for all of us. The American military sends out a couple of pilots, mostly to find the Nazi ship, but if they see any survivors from their submarine, they should drop down a lifeboat or two. It might save those poor devils, says the guy sending them off. But by the time they get to the submarine, the Nazis have already shot all the survivors out of the water. This is kind of heavy for a Batman comic. The people on the Nazi U-boat say that they heard the submarine calling one of their ships, but it's not like they can do much now. And the captain agrees. Not even in 10 million years could American planes or ships find the secret base of their undersea fleet. He says that sometimes he wonders if it's not all a dream himself. And after the attack has completely wrapped up, he tells his men that they're returning to their home port in Atlantis. What's this? Atlantis, the fabled land where agents believed a great civilization flourished between the continents of Europe and America until the sea swallowed it? Did such a land ever exist? Could it possibly still exist? Somewhere beneath the restless waves? Oh well, perhaps the Nazi U-boat commander was just speaking in jest. Perhaps. The comic extols upon us. Now, this is all happening safely away from home, but the next day, the New York Comet publishes a paper. They don't give us a price, but they do tell us to buy stamps that tells all about it. Secret sub-base eludes searchers, is the headline. Navy combs Caribbean without success, although convinced that Nazi submarines preying on shipping off our coast must have a secret base in American waters. Naval patrols this far have been, and then it trails off into unreadability. And this paper is delivered all around the town, including to Bruce Wayne at his home, where he reads it sitting in front of his radio, which is also talking about Nazi submarines. Looks like they've shot down four more merchant vessels. Bruce and Dick are pretty worried, 
Dick wonders why the Navy doesn't just go out and sink the subs. Bruce is like, well, they haven't found their base. Plenty of people are risking their lives to find it. After all, the ocean's so big, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Dick says that probably Batman and Robin could help, though. And since there's nothing going on in Gotham, apparently, Bruce agrees. He sits down in his dark green chair, and Dick drags up a similar chair. Same shape, but light blue. And they talk about how Batman and Robin in their bat plan could cover a lot of territory. And just maybe find something the military missed. So, that night, they dress up as Batman and Robin. And go to find some Nazis to beat up. I'm spoiling for action, says Dick. They get into their plane and fly out to sea. I hope their plane has a lot of fuel. They fly around for a while, but they're looking in the ocean, which is really big. And they don't find anything at all. Robin says he never realized how big the ocean was. And Batman tells us that there are 41 million square miles of the Atlantic underneath them, which by that I assume he means between Europe and America. Well, Batman and Robin might be having some trouble finding the secret Nazi submarine base, but they do find something, a guy in a boat waving at them. And since the bat plane is semi-aquatic, apparently, they're able to land right next to him. Who is he? Well, a veteran sea dog who narrowly escaped Davy Jones' locker when his submarine was shot down. His name is Ben Stunsel, and he's super surprised to see Batman and Robin. In fact, until they touched down, he was convinced that they were just a hallucination of his. But they're not, and they invite him onto their plane. They give him some food and water, and he tells them what's been happening to him. Basically, that the Nazis sunk his submarine, the Anna Bauer, and then gunned down everyone but him. Dark. Batman and Robin are still talking to this guy when they start experiencing some turbulence. The sea splashes against their bat plane, and it's not a good thing because Batman is not even in the cockpit properly. He's all, what, an explosion underwater? Or an earthquake? All three of them hold on to the bat plane and hope that this doesn't last long. But actually, it gets worse. The sea starts to swirl around the bat plane, creating a whirlpool. They try to take off, but the bat plane just doesn't have enough horsepower. And eventually, they're sucked into the center. Batman, get in the plane. I know it might not exactly be watertight, but it's better than falling off into a whirlpool. But actually, this whirlpool's a pretty weird one. That's right, Batman and Robin are being eaten by Charybdis. No, I'm lying to you. There isn't a giant funnel of teeth when they get sucked down into it. The tunnel is much less lethal. It's full of air. The bat plane can fly through it no problem. It's at least three times as big as it. They still fly as fast as they can, though, because Batman's convinced that the whirlpool can close in on them at any minute. They dive straight down towards the bottom of the ocean until they see a blinding light. Someone in the plane speculates that they might have fallen into a volcano crater. But whoever that person is is wrong because suddenly the bat plane is flying over this city. And the comic takes a minute to describe the city. 
incredibly beautiful in the radiance of the huge flaming globe. A great city of marble and metal appears before the dazzled eyes of the adventurers. I will describe the city a little. It kind of looks like some really old Arabic architecture with maybe a bit of Russian thrown in. And it's mostly yellow except for the roofs, which are green and red. It has a lot of towers and a lot of stairs, and we see some people coming up the stairs and what look like cars driving around the street. How did Atlantis get cars? Also, I'd just like to take a moment to point out that Atlantis is supposed to be off the coast of Greece, not America. I know Batman and Robin were flying over the Atlantic, which is where Atlantis is, but I doubt they got all the way to Greece. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. Batman and Robin fly around the yellow and orange city for a little bit until they spot German U-boats floating in a canal. Batman's all, German subs, this must be their secret base. And Robin's all, no wonder our patrols couldn't find it. They're super down to go and destroy those German subs and probably kill the Nazis in it, but they're spotted before they can by the Nazis. A guy named Von Buritz. He's all, this must be the Batman, the mad American adventurer we've heard about. And the other soldier standing next to him says that they'd better kill Batman before he can hurt their friendship with the Atlanteans. And when the Bat plane lands and the three get out, they're faced with a bunch of Nazi guns pointed right at them. The Nazis are all, shoot the pigs, and then they try to shoot them, but they're bad at it, and Batman and Robin start beating them up pretty easily. Unfortunately, there are a lot more Nazis than there are Batmen, and the three are eventually captured. Robin's held down by two of them, and Batman gets clocked on the skull by a gun butt. But he concentrates very hard and thinks to himself, I mustn't pass out, and then he doesn't. Progress, Batman. Now that the three of them have been corralled, the Nazi commander's all, Now you should die! And he lines up his gun to shoot them. But before he can, he's stopped by a commanding voice speaking in ancient English. The guy's all, Hold! Knowest thou not, no man may be put to death in Atlantis, save by the order of our most high rulers. Knowest? No? Ugh. And all the Nazis are like, the high priest, but they try to convince him that these are American savages and should be killed right now. But he doesn't let them. Even if they were fiends from the pit, he says, Atlantean justice would still grant them a trial. So Batman and Robin are taken prisoner by the high priest of Atlantis and shown towards the throne room. You think Aquaman knew Atlantis was allying with Nazis? I found out he was invented in 1941, and this is two years after that, so I feel like he should know. Then again, his backstory probably doesn't really align with this comic. As the High Priest walks Batman, Robin, and Ben Stunzel towards the throne room, he tells them the history of Atlantis. Batman's pretty sure that Atlantis was destroyed, and he's astonished to find out that, yes, this is the Atlantis that was part of the ancient world. The high priest explains that 10,000 years ago, a bunch of their wise men got together and had a prophecy. They saw that bad stuff would happen in the world, so they decided to take themselves out of it. 
So they created a dome around their city, just their city, not the whole island, and sunk it into the waves. Now the only contact they have with the surface is that whirlpool thing that opens up every two weeks to bring them air. But because that thing does have a habit of sucking people down, they will occasionally get visitors from the outside world. And four centuries ago, an English vessel was caught in the whirlpool, and there was a guy in it who taught them English. That's why they speak English now. It's strange to think their English hasn't evolved at all since then. I mean, ours has gone kind of crazy. Ever since that guy came to Atlantis, there's only been one more set of visitors. The Nazis, their friends who love peace and justice, and found the underwater entrance to Atlantis by accident. Batman whips his head around so fast when the guy says that, he's all, Your Nazi friends who love what? But by then, they've walked all the way to the throne room, and they're gonna get their trial. The holy man calls out the all-wise Emperor Taro, and the all-beautiful Empress Lanya. Batman, Robin, and Ben all stand staring. Ben's all, if I live to tell this tale, I'll be called the biggest liar of the seven seas. The curtains part to reveal the emperors. And we see that Emperor Taro looks exactly like Robin. Exactly, they even have the same haircut. And Robin calls Empress Lanya the prettiest girl he's ever seen. Since they look so alike, they're probably about the same age as Robin, which would make them maybe 11 at the oldest. Admiral Von Burritt speaks before Batman or Robin can get a word in. He tells the Emperor and Empress that these are citizens of America, the country that wishes to enslave the world, and if they let these people go free, they're going to bring war to Atlantis, too. Robin's all, that's a lie, Your Honor. I mean, Your Majesty. Batman tries to tell them, too, that the Nazis are deceiving them and they really shouldn't let them use Atlantis as a submarine base anymore. He and Admiral Burritz start to argue. The Emperor cuts in, though. He tells them that he can't take the word of three against the testimony of a hundred, and he has no choice except for to believe the a hundred people who are lying to him. And since the three of them aren't agreeing with the majority, they'll just have to die for the greater good. The Empress doesn't agree, though, and here we find out that they're actually siblings, not a couple. She doesn't actually seem to disagree with his conclusion of the greater good, though. She just tells him that actually, Batman and Ben Stunsel are adults. So, they can clearly be evil and treasonous, but since Robin is like 10 or 11, if he's evil, it's just because the adults around him are evil. And the Emperor agrees. Robin won't be executed, he's just gonna have to go live in the dungeons forever. Yay. Robin butts in, he's all, if you killed Batman, I don't want to live. But they don't take his opinion into account, and the next time we see Batman, he and Ben Stunsel are tied to posts. They really have no idea why they're tied to posts or what's going on, but they only have to assume it's supposed to be fatal. And we see some giant lenses pointing right at them. Apparently it's the Atlantean method of execution where the sun is shined through giant lenses in a beam right into their brains. The Nazis are pretty impressed with this method of execution. They think it's very clever. It's too bad they aren't Aryan, says the Admiral. So they clearly have no good intentions for Atlantis. Over on the pool, the sun is heating up the rays 
and the beam of light blasts Batman right in the forehead. It's not strong enough to kill him, but it is very uncomfortable. What a way to die, he thinks. First the unbearable heat, then madness, and then... And he trails off. The only thing he's happy about is that Robin isn't here to see it. And what about Robin? Well, he's currently being led to the dungeons. Down a spiral staircase around a big post. There's absolutely no railings, and it looks like it's gone on for at least three floors. And while he's not having a worse time than Batman, he's still having a pretty bad time. How much farther he whines as the guards force him down the stairs, and one of them tells him it's so far that once he gets to the bottom, he won't even have the energy to climb up again. Robin turns around and he's all, you wanna bet? And then he punches both guards off the side of their wildly unsafe spiral stair. There's a reason these aren't allowable as fire stairs. So Robin is free, he did just kill two guys, and I don't know how the Atlantean civilization will look upon that, but we're ignoring it for now, and he races back up the stairs to try to free Batman. And when he gets out of the dungeon, he immediately encounters the Emperor, who's just walking down the hall by himself, no guards whatsoever. That seems like a poor decision on the Emperor's part, and it's proven when Robin socks him in the face. He's all, I hate to do this, but it's what you get for believing those Nazi lies. And the Emperor passes out on the ground. Robin steals all his clothes after that, a yellow long-sleeve shirt with a bunch of buttons and a red cape. He's all, we look enough alike so that I ought to get away with it, but I need to remember to speak old-style English. And he runs off towards the execution, where he stands on the balcony with Empress Lanya. He's all, Ho, men of Atlantis, your emperor has been blind. Release the prisoners. Lania takes about a look and a half at him, and then she realizes that he is not her brother, Terrell. I guess you're not that good of a lookalike, Robin. But he begs her to let him help his friends, so she agrees. She was never too behind this execution thing anyway. But the Nazis don't agree with this at all. They disagree so much that they decide right then they need to seize the Emperor and take over Atlantis. And at last, they reveal their true colors. One of the Nazis steps into the box and points a gun at Robin's head. He's all, what? Where? And the Nazi says that now he's going to execute the pig-headed Emperor. But actually, he's not going to do that. Because right after Robin agreed that the prisoners should be let free, the guards went to do that. One of them's already released Ben, and the other is working on Batman. Just as Ben gets released, he reaches down and grabs the helmet off the Atlantean soldier's head and chucks it right at the Nazi. It hits him in the head, but upside down. It would have been funny if it hit him like a real helmet. The Nazi drops Robin, and then there's a proper fight. The Nazi screams to kill him, soldiers of the Reich, and Ben is shot. But because he bought Batman and Robin some time, their fight goes much better. Robin punches the guy who was just holding him at gunpoint in the face, and Empress Lanya tells Robin to smite him. In truth, he has deceived us greatly. Batman joins in too, and soon all the Nazis are out of the box. I am ruined, says one, as Batman kicks him away. Now, you might think that beating up a couple hundred Nazis would be a problem for Batman and Robin, and you would probably be right, except 
the comic tells us, enraged by the attempt on the life of the boy they believe to be their emperor, the peaceful Atlanteans sweep in a tidal wave of humanity over the bewildered Germans. Yes, Atlantis actually has subjects. I know we haven't seen them until now, but they exist. Batman and Robin dive into the thick of it, and Lanya orders her people around from the balcony. Soon, all the Nazis are caught, and she tells her people to bring them to the dungeons. Oh yeah, I wonder what they're gonna think when they go down to the dungeons and find the bodies of the people Robin pushed off the stairs there. She also tells her people that when the next Nazi submarines come in, they'll be dealt with in the same way. As Batman and Robin watch their opponents be escorted away, Batman's all, What a fight! And Robin's like, What a girl. No, Robin, you're getting too old! After the fight is won, there's not much to do. Batman and Robin go find Ben. He was shot right at the beginning, and although it was bad enough to kill him, he's been dying very slowly. They help him up, but all he can really do is monologue about how he's lived his life without regrets and has expelled the Nazis from Atlantis. After all that's over, the Emperor finally wakes up, and he and Robin switch their clothes back. The Emperor is magnanimous enough to forgive Robin. Wow. He says that being punished really opened his eyes to the truth, and that the two of them can go in peace. Apparently the apology was accepted by Batman and Robin because they swear never to tell anyone about Atlantis, and they get in their Batplane to leave. They are leaving through the Whirlpool though, so they must have stayed for the full two weeks. I wonder what they did in Atlantis. I bet they had a lot of fun. The auto-gyro blades of the Batplane lift them up out of Atlantis, and soon they're back in the real world. Batman's all, that's the end of those U-boats, Robin. And of all the others that make port at Atlantis. What a great adventure. And Robin's like, yeah, I'll never forget her. I mean, it. Batman calls him a romantic young rascal, and they fly off back towards Gotham. As they go, Batman tells him that he's actually received a letter from Empress Lanya to give to Robin. Why didn't she just give it to Robin? But we get to read the letter. Unfortunately, it's all in cursive and very long, so I'll summarize to the best of my abilities. Lanya's sad that she'll never see Robin again, but she'd like him to think of her once in a while. And a few days later, Bruce is sitting in a green and black striped chair reading the paper, about how some Nazi submarines were found trapped in a net far below the surface, and how no one seems to know where they got there, so the submarine problem is cleared up, and Robin's standing in the background next to a blue lamp holding his head, still sad that he'll probably never see Empress Lanya again. I told you you were getting too old. If you didn't have a crush on her, you wouldn't even feel bad about this. The end.